Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. You've got your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 Peter. I did, I've done a lot, a few things in my life from cowboying, and, and one of the things that I did for a long time was I was a, a correctional officer in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. That's a fancy way of saying I was a prison guard. And I don't want to say just a prison guard because that job is a tough job and my hat's off to, uh, to the people that, that do those jobs. And, um, but whenever I was a new boot, that's what you call the, the, the people that, that are brand new. When I was a new boot, one of the officers, one of the older officers told me, they said, go up to central control. Now, central control is, is where they keep all the keys. It's, you know, kind of a little prison within a prison, you know, and, and you have to check these keys out. And, and he told me, he said, I need you to go get the ID10T key. Okay. So I go over there and I go up to central control and I was like, hey, excuse me. And the, the person working central control is always the maddest person on the unit. Okay, they're just, I don't know what it is. You can take this little mild-mannered lady or this little soft-spoken man, put him in central control, and it's like tying up a badger. It's just, it's a stressful job. And so, anyway, they're kind of like the dispatcher, if you will, of the prison. And so I went up there and I said, hey, I need the ID10T uh, key. And she looks at me and she goes, uh, so-and-so has it. Go talk to them. I mean, didn't even really look at me. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. And so, anyway, I, I go, and I find so-and-so, and I was like, hey, uh, this officer over here, he sent me to Central Control uh, to get the ID10T key. They said, you have it. He goes, I don't have it, stupid. It's at the searcher's desk. I was like, good grief, why is everybody so mad? So I go down to the searcher's desk, and I said, hey, uh, officer so-and-so sent me to Central Control to get the ID10T key. They said this officer had it. I go over there, and I talk to him. He says... He called me stupid and sent me to you. So, Officer Stupid, reporting for duty. I need the ID10T key for this officer over here. He said, we don't have it. He said, go back to Central Control and tell them we can't find it. So I go back to Central Control. Now I'm scared, right? So I go back to Central Control because this lady's mean. I said, ma'am, uh, nobody can find the ID10T key. And now it's my fault, right? She goes, what do you mean we can't find the ID10T? Because it's kind of her responsibility, right? And I was like, hey, hey, I, I went and talked to so-and-so that you said had it checked out. They sent me over here, and they sent me over here, and now I'm back here. She goes, you get down to the lieutenant's office right now, and you tell, her, you tell him that you can't find the ID10T key. I said, what do you mean I can't find the ID10T key? She said, go. So I march over there, and when you're new, you know, you go to the sergeant. Okay, the lieutenant is the big scary guy, you know, and he's why the central control officer is mad. And so I walk in there and I'm like, what? Lieutenant, what do you want? Who, who are you? I'm Officer Weatherby. And uh, he said, what do you want? I said, uh, well, I think we got a problem. He said, don't come in here with problems. <laughs> what do you do then, right? Because <laughs> you're like, I was like, well, maybe it's not a problem, Lou. He goes, what is it? And I said, we can't find a key. He said, what do you mean we can't find a key? I was like, I don't know. He goes, what key? And I said, the ID10T key. He goes, you are stupid, aren't you? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? And he grabs a notepad, and he flips it around, 
And he says, write down I. So I did. He said, write down a D. So I did. He said, write down a one. So I did. He said, write down a zero. So I did. Write down a T. So I did. He said, now get your bleep, bleep, bleep back to work. And when I walked out, about 50 officers were going. <laughs> the ID-10 Tiki. Welcome to the ID-10 Tiki. We have been in a series called The Answer You've Always Been Looking For. I get a question asked of me as a pastor far more than anything else. And that question is this. What does God want? I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what God wants me to do with my life. Now, it's a good question. Now, I need to tell you a couple of things about it. That number one, God calls all of us to something. I don't care if you're, you know, 15 years old, 10 years old, 20 years old like me, or, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 like Gary. Um, it, it doesn't... I, I, mean, I meant to throw you in there at 50, Gary. Sorry, wherever you're at. And um, anyway, everybody is called to do something. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about a question that we had to build up before we can answer what the question is. We, we had to ask ourselves, what breaks your heart? When you ask yourself, what breaks your heart? That will get you pointed in the right direction to what God has called you to do. Because God, what breaks my heart is going to be different than what breaks Jasmine's heart. What breaks my heart is going to be different than what breaks Doug's heart. What breaks my heart is going to be different than Ty. It's going to be different for all of us. But God uses our passions, and, and that is a passion. Whatever breaks your heart in regards to somebody else, because I know some of you are like, what breaks my heart is not to have enough money. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in regards to other people, what breaks your heart? It is amazing whenever we get down to it, people are very, very passionate about the things that break our heart. And if you want to know what God wants you to do with your life, a very, very good place to start is by answering this question, what breaks your heart? Last week, we talked about what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Because the reason most people don't do anything with what breaks your heart is because they have a fear. Well, you know, if I do that, then there's these repercussions. There's always, life is full of repercussions, okay? But that shouldn't stop you. We talked about a guy named Beniah that not only killed two of Moab's greatest warriors at one time, okay? Not only did he do that, but he killed a giant Egyptian that had a seven-foot-long spear, and all Benaiah had was a club. So he evened the odds. He went up there, whooped the Egyptian, took his spear away from him, and killed him with his own spear. This dude was, was, was kind of a bad hombre, you know what I mean? And the third thing that he did is that one day he's walking along, and Benaiah saw a lion. Now, most of us, if we saw a lion, we would turn around and we would run away, but not Benaiah. The, uh, the Bible verse says, And Benaiah chased a lion into a pit on a snowy day and killed it. 
And we talked about how to conquer our fears, how to live up to, how to face our fears, that the world says, turn away from your fears. And, and I guarantee you, when you start trying to find out what God's will for your life is, what happens is, you know, if I don't, if me or Ty are working, and whether we're horseback or not, if we don't want a cow to go through a gate, all we have to do is stand in the gate and go, yeah, yeah, and it turns around and goes the other direction most of the time. But can you stop her? Absolutely not. You can't stop a cow from really doing anything, going wherever she wants to go. We've had cows rope that still went where they wanted to go. Same thing with you. The devil will get in the gate that God wants you to go through, and he'll try to scare you off. Well, we've been conditioned to run from our fears, but God doesn't want you to run from your fears. He wants you to face them. And today, we will talk about what does God want me to do? We're going to use the ID10T key, or like I'd like to better uh, say it, what does God want me to do? We're going to do the idiot's guide to finding out what God wants you to do. Hey, pardon me for just a second. We're fixing to hit the backside of this pasture, so it's time to step off and cinch them up. While we're down here, I want to see if you can help us out. We really do need a hand in this ministry, and the fact that you're listening right now means that you're riding with us. All you have to do is text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977, and you can help us out in less time than it would take to pull your rope down. Again, text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. Thanks for the hand, pards. The very first thing is I. What does God want me to do? He wants you to get involved, okay? God does not want you sitting in the stands. Unfortunately, there are people that dream of being in a rodeo. We've got people here that make their living, have, have, have made their entire life part of rodeo they have experienced you know and I'm, I'm not putting him on a i'm not putting him on an undue pedestal and i'm not trying to pat himself on the back we got a world champion bareback rider sitting right back there in the back he's made his living but he didn't make his living in the stands he made his living in the arena and that's what god wants us to do get involved what breaks your heart that's a good place to start but you're never going to do anything the very first step in whatever God wants you to do is answer the question, what breaks your heart? What breaks my heart? And then you say, what am I afraid of? And then when you answer that, the first thing you got to do is get involved. There is nothing waiting for you in the stands. God did not call all of us here just so that we could sit on the sidelines and watch. I never saw anybody that was fulfilled that said, man, I was just so happy. You know, when, when, when you're watching the Super Bowl, okay, when you're watching the Super Bowl, we all cheered, the Broncos won and everything, but how many of us, and, and maybe this is more for guys than girls, but how many of us wanted to be Von Miller just putting Cam Newton right on his butt? Yeah. You know, we lived vicariously through Von Miller, you know? And being as I'm nearly as big as he is, I could do it. I'm pretty sure. What I make up, what I don't have in size, I, I'm like a chihuahua. I'm just ferocious. You know what I mean? And it's, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. But the first, time, the first thing you need to do, if you want to know what God's will is, you've got to get involved. The Bible says that uh, your, David said this in the Psalms. Your word is a lamp unto my feet 
and a light unto my path. Now back then, when David was around, they didn't have million candle spotlights. Okay, they didn't have high beam headlights. They had this little flickering candle burning oil. It didn't light up very far. And it wouldn't light up any more than where you stepped. Every time you took a step, the light took a step. And that's kind of the way God wants us to do. If you want to know what God wants you to do, you have to get involved. Now, I love that many of you, have, and I'm not talking about just getting involved to save the cowboy. That may be a good first step is to get involved in your local church or, or whatever. But there may be an organization that is already doing something about what you are passionate about, about what breaks your heart. I mean, there, there's organizations out there that their job is to go rescue little seven-year-old girls from the sex slave in India. If that breaks your heart, there's already an organization that you can get involved with. Do something. Get involved. 1 Peter chapter 4, 10 and 11 says this, God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see that? It says to serve one another, not to serve yourself. God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God Himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. What does that say? It says get involved. You have a gift. Every single one of you, when you call on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and with... He's not just going to give you the whole grand plan. He's not going to tell you what the end result is going to be. He's going to say, just take a step and I'll reveal as we go along. The next thing is D. ID10T. This is the idiot's guide to finding out what God wants you to do for your life. D stands for devoted. He wants you to be devoted. Now, what's the difference in getting involved and getting devoted? People that are devoted, here's a, and I'm going to use this illustration. Church people quit. Church people quit. They come to church, they, everything goes good for a little while, and then the first time something doesn't go their way, or they don't agree with something, then they don't go to church anymore, or they jump to another church where, they, where everything goes good until things don't go their way, or whatever, and then they go to another church, and, and I've been to other churches, so, you know, when you point your finger at somebody, there's four pointing back at you, that whole thing. I've all been guilty of that. But God wants people that are devoted. They aren't going to quit the first time something happens. Now, a lot of times, like I said, the devil will stand in that gate. And when you try to go through the gate, that narrow gate that leads to life, true life, not only for eternity, but down here also, the devil will take his sword and stick, and he's going to hit you right across the head. And a lot of people turn and run right then. At the first sign of discomfort, at the first sign of, of opposition, they run away. God wants people that are devoted. I know in my life, I have done some things and wanted to quit at the first sign of opposition. As a matter of fact, I did it last night. My son wanted me to play video games with him, and so I went in there to play video games, and he's not the little five-year-old that I can whip. We played for 10 minutes, and he shot me 53 times, <laughs> and I quit because it wasn't no fun. And I kind of stormed out of there like a baby. And I'm sorry, Griffin, that, that wasn't... I used to tear him up, and it was fine whenever it was me doing one tearing him up. Now when the tables are turned, it wasn't as much fun. 
So when I say that this church is full of hypocrites, guess what? I had already done my sermon when I went and played, and I did exactly what I'm telling y'all not to do. At the first sign of opposition, the first time you get knocked down, you quit. Don't be like that. God wants people that are devoted. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says this, Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Now, if somebody says, I don't read the Bible because I just don't understand it. If you don't understand that, man, we just, <laughs> we need to have a talk, okay? Because it doesn't get any plainer than be watchful, stand firm in the faith. Now, why does he say stand firm? Because you've got to kind of get ready because that means opposition is coming. The wind is going to blow. Things are going to get rough. If you want to do what God has called you to do, number one, the first step is to get involved. The second one is you've got to be devoted to it, not wishy-washy, not quit at the first sign of, of anything. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. The next one, what does God want me to do? Seek first, that's the number one, ID10T, ID10T. The one stands, seek God first. In other words, why are you doing it? Because I guarantee you, if you're doing it for fame, if you're doing it for fortune, if you're doing it for so somebody will pat you on the back, if you're doing it for money, if you're doing it for any reason except trying to get to know God and or trying to show His love to someone else, you're going to be disappointed. You're really going to be disappointed. I, you know, I know a lot of people that want to start these ministries, but you know, they, they, they jump into it and they're doing it for the wrong reasons. It, you've got to be doing it for God and God alone. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now what does that mean? What, righteousness is one of those church words. Okay, This is what righteousness means. Okay? Righteousness means right living. Not in regards to you've got to obey all of these rules. Live the way God told you to live. Now, I know a lot of you are like, well, that means I can't do this. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, okay? It's not a list of do's and don'ts. Here it is right here. His righteousness, righteousness is right living. And the Bible says in another verse that we are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. In other words, when you believe in Jesus and you devote your life to Him, that is righteousness. The righteousness of God is Jesus. But seek first the kingdom of God and Jesus, that's what that says, and everything else will be given unto you. Now, does that mean that you're going to make a million dollars? I don't know. But the best example of that is Ty. You know, three years ago, Ty just started coming to this church. And then two years ago, he goes to all of these ranch ropings. And by the way, the first one, if you would like to get involved in ranch roping, the first one is two weeks from yesterday, and me and Ty and a bunch of other people are going. If you'd like to get involved, talk to Ty, talk to me, fellowship. Let's do something. But Ty started, he was going to all these ropings, and he did pretty good. But he went for another reason two years ago. He went for the fellowship. He didn't go just to win, because used to, when he'd miss, he'd get mad. He's told me this time and time again. He'd throw a loop, he'd get mad, he'd miss. And when he didn't win, he'd just rah, 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 all the way home. But then when he started going just to hang out with other cowboys, 
things started happening. And that year, Ty was named top hand out of the whole like tri-state area. The top hand. But see, he was going for fellowship. He was seeking first the kingdom of God. And then last year, he didn't just go for the fellowship. He started trying to help people beat him. He wanted to improve everybody. So he was over here working with the novices like me. He was over here teaching people how to rope. He was, and they were like, Ty, if you don't show up, we're going to disqualify you. And he'd have to jump on his horse. His horse wasn't warmed up. Grand champion. One overall. And I'm not saying that so that you can pat Ty on the back, but this is a great example. Everything Ty had been striving for, he never could get. But when he sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, seeking fellowship with other people, giving what he knew, giving it away, he started winning. And you know what? He'll tell you today, I really don't care. It was nice, but he didn't care. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be given unto you. you got to get involved. If you want to do what God wants you to do, you got to get involved. But if you're not devoted, it's, you're, that old train's going to fall off the tracks you know, two feet down the road. And if you don't have your priorities in line of why you are doing it, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. ID10T, ID10. What does the zero stand for? That's the amount of excuses you can make for not doing what God called you to do. That, uh, there, there is no better way to say that. You have zero excuses. Because here's the deal. A lot of you is like, well, I don't know how to do it. See, God doesn't call those with the tools already to do the job. He gives the tools to those He calls to the job. Okay? That, that's just... I've, I've learned so much just because of kind of trial and error, but I've also learned by getting involved with people that knew what they were doing. And I was devoted. I didn't let anything just run out of the way. Jeremiah 1, 7 and 8 says this, But the Lord said to me, and this is what the Lord is saying to you right now, Do not say, I am too, and you can fill in the blank. Now, what he's telling Jeremiah what the real word in the Bible there is young. But you can fill in the blank with whatever excuse you've been making for not doing what God has called you to do. Do not say, I am to whatever. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to say. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. That's it in a nutshell. It's going to be scary. You're not going to know what to do. So what? That just means you've got to depend upon God. And I promise you, people are going to say, why are you doing that? Your family's going to go, what? Why? What? And people are going to make fun of you. It's going to happen. That's why you've got to be devoted. That's why you have to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then everything else will be given unto you. But here's the thing. When everything else is given unto you, you really won't care. You, you really won't. Because that, those aren't your priorities. Those aren't your priorities. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send to you and say, Whatever I command you, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. What does God want you to do? I don't know. What breaks your heart? What are you afraid of? Do something about what breaks your heart. Don't be afraid of anything. Number one, when you figure those two things out and you make up your mind, then you get involved. And be sure that you're devoted. And be sure that you are seeking first the kingdom of God. And God's not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. We understand. But there's not going to be any excuses. Moses, do you know Moses stuttered 
Moses stuttered, Mel Tillis. And God said, you're going to be my spokesman. <laughs> Isn't that God? That's the way God works. You're going to be in charge of four million people. And you stutter, or, you know, I guess that's what it was. He said he's slow of speech. Maybe he had a Texas accent <laughs> and stuttered. I, I don't know. And the last thing, what does God want me to do? He wants you to start today, not tomorrow, and not text month, and not tester day. I'm going with the T deal. That was, my wife thought it was funny. Obviously, she's the only one that has my sense of humor. <laughs> start today, because you know what? Tomorrow never comes. Because when you start putting off things till tomorrow, then tomorrow becomes today, and you do tomorrow again, and tomorrow again, and tomorrow again, and tomorrow again. Start today, not tomorrow. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. That does not mean that everything you do is going to make you rich, because a lot of times the best thing that we can profit from is a good lesson. How many of us have learned the hard way? We've been there. We've done that, right? But it's that last deal. But mere talk leads only to poverty. Don't just talk about it. There ain't nothing, you know, and I've said this time and time again, that uh, you, can, you can talk about how tough you are. I want to be there when you get bucked off. I'll make fun of you, but that's okay. Only people that have been there can make fun of you. It's kind of a rite of passage. No, I won't make fun of you. I'll make sure you're all right first. Just be sure you're breathing. Because cowboys give CPR like, dude, you better breathe or you're going to die. Because <laughs> I am not putting my mouth down there. <laughs> God, let's help this poor cowboy breathe. He got snuff all in his teeth. And I ain't doing it. But mere talk only leads to poverty. You can talk about how tough you are. I want to be there when you hit your thumb with a hammer. See, talk is cheap. And many of you, whether you've come to me or not, you've been saying, Matt, I don't know what God wants me to do. You've been given the idiot's guide to doing what God has called you to do. And maybe you still don't know because, look, let me say this, all of it needs prayer. Okay, you do need to pray about it, but I know that there's Christians that have known since the day after they prayed what they were supposed to do, but they're, oh, I'm still praying about it. That falls into the no excuses. You know, speaking of Moses, when he gets to the Red Sea, you want to talk about being between a rock and a hard place? Here's a sea that you cannot cross. You got the world's most awesome, fearsome army bearing down on you from the rear. And what does Moses do? He starts praying. He's like, oh, God, what shall I do? And God's like, hey, man, get going. Quit praying about it and go. Go read about it. It's an awesome story. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray. You absolutely should pray. But when you get your answer, man, God's going to say go. See, here's the thing. The reason most Christians don't grow, because you won't ever grow beyond doing what God has already asked you to do. It's not going to happen. You're not going to grow beyond, and, 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 I've, and I've said this before, I've been like, God, you know, how can we grow Save the Cowboy? How can we get more word, the, the word out there further? And, and what else do we need to start new? And, and, and all of this stuff, right? But see, God says, you'll never grow by adding something new, but by doing what I've already told you to. What has God told you to do? Number one, he wants you to get involved. Get involved. Starting at 4 o'clock today, right here, for about 8 to 9 weeks, 
I'm going to do a book study on that book that I talked about called In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. And I would love for you to come. If you've been wondering, how do I get involved? Maybe that's the first step. It's not the only step. But if you've been wanting to get involved, if you've been wanting to grow, come today at 4 o'clock. We're going to have an overview, find out how many people are going to be here. And you need to be devoted because I guarantee you, not just in a, in a book study or not with anything, I guarantee you the second you say, yes, I'm going to do that, about 900 other things are going to come up. It's going to happen because you know what? Following Jesus is never convenient. It will never be convenient. God is going to put a decision ahead of you. Do I do what I said I was going to do or do I make an excuse? Get involved. Get devoted. Seek first the kingdom of God. No excuses. And get started today. What does God want me to do? What breaks my heart? What breaks my heart is to see so many people, to know that so many people are watching on the internet and listening on the radio, that God has called to such amazing lives that sit there and never do anything, and they run around looking for the ID10T key to happiness. And they don't find it in cars. They don't find it in money. They don't find it in trucks. They don't find it in horses. They don't find it in ranches, cows, fill in the blank. You will never find what you're looking for except through giving your entire life over to Jesus Christ. It will not happen. There's a part in our soul, there's a part in our heart that only He can feel. And we try to we try to stuff everything in there. And the closest you can come is those Rice Krispie caramel treats that Kathy Green made me. <laughs> oh my goodness. But even they don't do it, as good as they are. Even they don't do it. Only by following Jesus Christ will you find what you've been looking for. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we just thank you for everybody that's here today. Nobody's here by accident. People wonder, God, does God really call me? That's what you are doing right now. You are calling to that person. And they've been sitting there that whole time going, but, 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 but. And there are no more buts. It doesn't matter how old or how young. You have a spot for us. And that doesn't mean it'll be the same the rest of our lives. But for now, for today, let us get involved. And let us, most importantly, thank you for sending your son to live for us to do what we couldn't do so that we can put our faith and our trust in Him. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray.